Welcome to the Christian Retirement Show, where we discuss all things crucial to planning and investing for retirement from a Christian perspective. I'm your host and CFP professional, Eric Shrum. To learn more about working with me, you can visit shrumpw.com and click free portfolio review. Now, on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about five things an investor should do to be successful in achieving their retirement goals. But before that, please go to your podcast app and hit the five-star review button as well as the subscribe button. It costs nothing but goes a very long way in helping the show. Let's also talk about a few interesting things in the financial news this week uh, before we get to our main topic. And you may have seen it. Fidelity Investments is now offering 13 to 17-year-olds the ability to open investment accounts with their parent supervision. And I was talking about this in the office with some folks and uh, reading up on some other opinions of people that I follow. And I've heard some differing thoughts on the matter. You know, the critics, of course, uh, about this move are saying that this is too young to be investing and opens kids up for risk, while proponents think this is fantastic and is opening the world of finance to younger generations. I kind of fell a bit on both spectrums. So I think it's a great thing to give kids the ability to invest, bottom line. Uh, it, it helps kids with financial literacy, which is a huge problem in this country. And, you know, honestly, if a kid puts in 50 bucks a month, let's say starting at 13 or 14 and 15 and in 10 years, that could be a really nice little nest egg that has been built up and can be the foundation of a big retirement fund once they start working. So I think that's great. And you know, right now, before Fidelity has made this move, the only way for someone under 18 to technically invest legally on their own is to open up what's called a IRA for kids. And, you know, it's it's kind of a, a difficult way to get kids to invest because they have to have earned income and, and track that earned income. And they, there are a little bit nebulous rules around IRAs for kids, you know, um, what counts as earned income? Does babysitting money count? Do you have to have tax forms that are issued? So I think this is a positive move from that standpoint of making it much easier for kids to invest. Now, on the flip side, you know, on the negative side, I think we have to be real and look at why did Fidelity really do this? And the answer is 100% to be able to open accounts with a whole new demographic and steal that market share from their competitors before anyone else. And to me, while the results might be positive, you know, for example, kids learning to invest and saving at a young age, it's a bit creepy to me <laughs> that large corporations are doing everything they can to monetize every aspect of our lives. 
Uh, you know, and as a disclaimer, I think Fidelity Investments is a great company. You know, we use them in our business to custodian our clients' accounts along with Charles Schwab. And I personally used to work at Fidelity. And so after actually being in the, the front lines with Fidelity, I, I still think they're a great company. They treat their employees well, but I think we have to be real about the motives behind behind decisions like this. And you know, it just gives me a little bit of an uneasy feeling when everything it seems in our lives these days is you know being hyper focused on generating revenue. Just something to think about there. Bottom line, I fall on the fence. I think it's good, but you know, looking through the veil a little bit, uh, a bit cynical on the reasons behind it. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into our five things an investor should do to be successful for retirement. But first, I am a CFP professional and a wealth advisor who specializes in retirement planning planning and investing for Christians. If you are someone who is in retirement or starting to think about planning for retirement, I can help. Visit shrumpw.com and select free portfolio review on the homepage to start the conversation. All right, enough with the plugs there. Let's jump in. Number one, before you invest, do understand what you are investing for. So point number one is before you invest, do understand what you are investing for. You know, you do not leave the house and get in your car without a plan to actually go somewhere, do you? So understanding what you are investing for gives you the structure to make correct decisions when deciding what investments to allocate your money to, what you're going to be doing during an inevitable market downturn and how much risk you're able to take along the way, amongst other things. To continue our driving analogy, if you're going for a quick trip to the grocery store down the road, well, you don't have to worry that much about preparing beforehand. If you're about to head out on a three-hour trip to the beach, you're going to definitely need to fill up on gas before you leave. And to take it further, if you are about to you know, embark on a cross-country road trip with family for the summer, then you'll need to have a mechanic do a thorough review of your vehicles, tires, alignment, and oil to make sure you arrive safely to your destination. The same is true in investing. Knowing what you are investing for allows you to make the right decisions to actually achieve your goal. For another example, I like to tell clients that you know, 50% of investing successfully is choosing the right type of investments, but the other 50% of investing successfully comes down to managing your behavior once you are invested. Selling at the wrong time can have disastrous effects on your money. Just ask someone who sold during the 2008 financial crisis at the bottom. Those who know what they are investing for, whether it be college, retirement, a wedding down the road, whatever it may be, are the ones who are able to make the right decisions with their investments in light of the goals they are trying to achieve. I love this quote by Tolkien. Uh, everyone knows it, and that is not all who wander are lost. But when it comes to investing, I'll switch that up and say most who wander are indeed actually lost. So know what it is you're investing for before you begin investing. Number two, 
do manage your risk accordingly. So if we always want to know what goals we are investing our money for, we certainly want to make sure we are taking the right amount of risk to achieve what it is we are investing for. Often, when I sit down with a prospective client, we will look through the results of their risk questionnaire. So we'll have a a conversation around how they feel about the stock market, how they feel about taking risk in their portfolios. Because remember, risk and return are intrinsically tied together. And we'll also give them some really advanced and well-developed risk questionnaires that will ask them a series of questions to really pinpoint um, how much risk they are willing and able to take. And whenever we get those results back, we find out quite often that the investments they are invested in are way riskier than what they are comfortable with based off of what they told us and the results of their risk questionnaire. And so before you invest, you want to make sure that you know your risk tolerance and you are not taking more risk than you're comfortable or able to take for the goals that you want to achieve. For example, if you are a 40-year-old professional and you are a relatively aggressive investor, then you should have no problem in most cases investing in a 100% stock portfolio for your retirement money at that stage, saying that your retirement money you'll access in this example, let's say at age 65. And why is that? Because you have the time to make up any short-term downturns that occur in the market and your portfolio, which are inevitable, right? And your risk tolerance being more aggressive and how you can tolerate risk is indicative that you won't lose sleep during those inevitable stock market downturns. Now, on the flip side, if you are 64 years old and you're planning on starting to take income from your retirement investments in a year when you turn 65 and want to retire, then investing in 100% stocks could have a disastrous effect on your retirement plans. If you have a bear market just before you retire and you lose 35% of your portfolio right when you need to start taking that money. You know, risk is a funny thing. And when it comes to managing risk in your investments, everyone's different. So while you may be able to invest in a more risky portfolio because you're young and you have time to make up any short-term losses, you may still be more conservative in how you approach life. And you may not be able to sleep at night knowing that you could have a short-term drop in your portfolio of 30% like we saw in March with the coronavirus. So even if you're young, if you're less risk averse, then you may not be comfortable taking a more aggressive, stock-heavy investment portfolio. Conversely, to continue on examining how risk is so particular to each individual investor, conversely, someone who is 60 years old and hasn't maybe saved enough in retirement may be comfortable taking on more risk than normal because you know maybe they understand they need to make up for having not saved enough previously. And so needing to take a little bit more risk to open themselves up to that a return so that they can achieve their retirement goals. You know, that that also opens up that question of, well, what happens if I take more risk and I'm nearing retirement and my investments do not 
perform to the level that I, I hope they would. That is really where the value of financial planning comes in and making sure you understand what your goals are. And then if those returns are not what you think they should have been or what you were hoping for, then you have a plan in place where you can modify um, your spending or when you retire or modify that financial plan so that you always know where you stand. All right. Number three, do invest for the long term. So I love the study. Dalbar released a fascinating study in 2019, and it showed that the S&P 500, the most widely used stock market indice these days, when somebody says the stock market did this today, they're generally talking about that S&P 500. So this study showed that the S&P 500 averaged 6.06% in returns per year for the last 20 years. So this was done in 2019. So what would that have been? 1999 to 2019, S&P 500 averaged 6.06% per year. Now, what's fascinating is the average stock market investor someone who has invested in 100% stocks, they averaged only 4.25% over those same 20 years. That is a drastic 30% underperformance of the S&P 500, which anyone can buy, pay very low fees to invest in the S&P 500 and not touch it for those 20 years. So what led to them underperforming the S&P 500 by close to 30%? And Dalbar found in their study that the number one reason individual investors underperform so drastically is because they sold when they should not have and bought when they should not have. As a CFP professional, much of my job really, it comes down to managing my client's behavior. And as humans, we are emotional beings. And we're probably most emotional when it comes to two things in my experience. One is food. If you ever ever see somebody at a restaurant at the table next to you who gets uh, the the waiter of the kitchen gets their order wrong, gets emotional pretty quick. <laughs> and number two is money. We get very emotional and understandably so around money. So this means that when we see headlines telling us an investment is super hot, you know, we see that in Bitcoin right now or some of the tech stops. We rush in to buy that investment. Conversely, when we see bad news in the news about the markets, we get very hesitant and we're very quick to sell. And the problem with this emotional response is that these emotions often lead us to do the exact opposite of what we should do when it comes to our money. When investments have risen drastically and everyone is rushing to buy, generally the data shows us that the increase in price has already occurred and and a drop or plateau is soon to come. Likewise, when the market drops and we rush to sell our investments, we typically sell at the bottom and then we miss the subsequent recovery resulting in massive missed returns. This is why taking a long-term approach with your money and your investments and having a long-term investing plan is so important because when unexpected things or scary things happen in the market, you know that you've worked with someone and have a plan that is going to lead to success regardless of what short-term trends in the stock market show or regardless of that flashing red banner on the financial news network. All right, continuing on to number four, 
and this is a short and sweet one, do make sure you manage fees. Taxes and fees can be two of the biggest hindrances to returns on your investments. And today, with the advent of low-cost index funds, you can invest in incredibly high-quality investments with fees as low as a hundredth of a percent sometimes, really. It's really rather incredible. And when you contrast that with actively managed investments, which can charge sometimes over 1% in management fees, or mutual funds with 2 to 3% sales commissions attached to them, you can see how that can eat into your return. Not to mention that many of these actively managed investments, the data also shows that over a long-term time period, those types of investments tend to underperform more rules-based or passive approaches to investing. Number five, the last one, guys, and this is do understand basic market history. Remember when I said that 50% of investing is picking the right investments for your situation and your goals, and 50% is uh, you know managing your behavior and, and making the right decisions after you're actually invested? Uh, I think having a basic market history is a key to that second 50% in the equation. I believe most of the poor decisions being made by people with their investments comes down to a lack of understanding of some of the most basic you know, market history uh, trends that have occurred. Now, granted, stock market history is not a typical uh, course in high school or even, even in college, right? This is not something that I think most people have a grasp on or, or really should, right? Because it's just something that is, is not talked about much, but investing can be confusing by nature and is true that the financial industry uses complicated jargon and that only increases the confusion in the financial industry. And I'll be honest with you guys, I believe much of the investment industry actually wants their products and the jargon they use to be confusing so that unwitting investors buy their their low quality investment products that have high hidden fees and fine print that you're unsure about. To examine an example of how understanding basic market history can help you be a successful investor, did you know that from 2009 to 2019, a drop of over 10% in the stock market occurred in six out of those 10 years? Now, those same 10 years that 60% of them, we had a greater than 10% stock market drop, those same years were some of the most successful returns in the history of the market. And so when you understand the history of how the stock market acts, uh, it puts things in perspective. And so when salespeople in the financial industry have come up to you and are trying to sell you a product that is maybe not always in your best interest and maybe uses a jargon or really compelling language like this investment will guarantee you certain returns and will guarantee you never lose money. Well, you can look back and you can say the stock market has shown that a 10% drop in the market, what's called a correction, is 
pretty normal and actually can be a healthy thing in the stock market. I know that over the long term, I am going to have drastically better returns than what this product that's probably loaded with fees is going to give me. And so understanding that and understanding what is normal in the stock market is really key so that you don't get duped into making poor decisions with your money. Okay, so those are my five things to do when investing to make sure that you are successful in your retirement planning and achieving your goals. Yes, there are numerous other aspects to investing, but if you do these and if you have a basic understanding of these five areas, I think you'll be in really great shape with your investments and be well ahead of you know 90% of all the other investors out there. Now let's go ahead and let's move on to to some fun final notes and you know following up on my formula 1 recommendation from last week over the weekend yes i did i went ahead and i watched the the famous monaco grand prix with a buddy live even if you've never heard of formula 1 everyone knows the monaco race and it was a great time and and so my recommendation still stands go watch that f1 drive to survive on netflix and then catch up and and you can watch current races like monaco and on twitter or something talk about it the last thing i wanted to discuss in our final notes and fun little thing is that i am reading a fascinating book it's titled before you leave by todd von helms he is an author and a highly distinguished intellectual figure Uh, And the book really dives into challenging and essential questions of the Christian faith. And although it deals with some highly academic concepts, it is a real page turner and one I recommend you pick up. Um, So that's something I've been enjoying and I will let you in on a little secret as well. What's better about this is that I'm speaking with Todd, who I got connected with through a mutual friend to come on to the show and discuss the book and some aspects of faith and money. So stay tuned for that. I think that will be very excited. So that's all we have for this week, guys. Of course, go ahead, go to iTunes and subscribe and give the show a five-star rating, please. Uh, Other than that, it's great spending time with you and looking forward to speaking with you next week. The content provided is for general information, educational purposes only, and should not be considered a recommendation of any particular strategy, investment product, or investing advice of any kind. Content is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal or tax advice and or legal opinion. Please consult a financial professional for your specific situation. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the entire principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views and opinions expressed here are of the author and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Spire Wealth Management, LLC, and its affiliates. Investment advisory services offered through Spire Wealth Management, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Securities offered through an affiliate Spire Securities, LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and member of FINRA, and SIPC.